of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupong. Be blessed as you listen. So today, I'm going to do Smyrna, the, the letter to the church of Smyrna. Can we have Revelation chapter 2? Let's start reading from verse 8. Revelation chapter 2, from verse 8. How many of you learned a lot from the Ephesus, the one to the church of Ephesus? Yes. Go back and listen to the, the tape again. I believe there's still more you can learn. All right. So he said, and unto the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, these things saith the first and the last. I told you with all the churches, when Jesus was addressing them, he used different things to describe himself. Depending on the church, he was going to speak to. Hallelujah. And there are reasons for how he introduced himself. When it came to the church of Smyrna, he described himself as the first and the last and the one which was dead and is alive hallelujah you see when somebody says i'm the first and the last i'm the beginning and the end i know the beginning from the end i'm the alpha and the omega when you are going through something i'm the only one who knows how it's going to end hallelujah because he knew the things he was coming to talk, tell, tell them about and he talked about the fact that he was the one which was dead and is alive that means he also went through some difficulties he went through some time of tribulation he went through some pain and he died but now he's alive hallelujah that means whatever you are going through has an expiry date it will end at a particular point in time amen next verse he said i know thy works so here again he's telling them he knows their works so i'm not going to go into that i explain what he meant by that when he used the same words to the church at ephesus he said i know your works and tribulation say tribulation what's another name for tribulation english scholars trials troubles difficulties yes so i know your trials i know your difficulties i know your the persecution you are going through and poverty say poverty say it again poverty that means he says he knows your atm balance when you go to sleep it in you yourself you are not sure but he knows exactly how much is in there hallelujah he says, i know your poverty but then i like what he asked he said but thou art rich somebody say i'm rich say it again i am rich say it again i am rich hallelujah so richness is not just about the bank account it's not just about what is in your wallet some people wallet card you don't even have it's not what is in your purse but there are more things that define riches than just currency and money hallelujah so he's saying but thou art rich and i know the blasphemy of them which say they are jews and are not but are the synagogue of satan i'll come back to 
the issue of the synagogue of satan next he said fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer don't be afraid of any of the things that will come upon you hallelujah he's the first and the last so he knows what is going to come upon you he says fear none of the things which thou shalt suffer behold the devil shall cast some of you into prison that's not a very pleasant prophecy to receive you expect that when they come to give you prophecy some dashing prophecy you know some somebody is going to drop some hundred thousand Ghana cities into your account yeah i receive it be it unto me <laughs> according to your word but he says the devil shall cast some of you into prison that means the persecution it was actually the devil that was behind it and jesus is the one revealing it here it wasn't just human beings trying to be funny they were machinations from the pits of hell hallelujah so the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried and ye shall have tribulation so that's trials troubles difficult times 10 days somebody say 10 days that means it has an expiry date it will end at a particular point in time hallelujah the tribulation is not forever the trial is not forever the difficulty is not forever it has an expiry date it will end at a particular point in time he said be thou faithful unto death even if it happens that you have to die for the difficulties you are going through be faithful amen and i will give thee a crown of life now let me tell you a few things about the city of smyrna smyrna wasn't as big as ephesus ephesus we were talking about some two hundred thousand inhabitants smyrna was smaller about seventy-five thousand to a hundred thousand people and the history of smyrna has it that smyrna was originally established by the greeks all these cities we are talking about these seven cities all these seven churches founding cities are actually um in modern day turkey all right you find them in modern day turkey when you go to turkey right now you find all of these places okay so smyrna was originally established by the greeks and when the roman empire started rising in the mediterranean region and all those places they realized that look if you can't beat them join them if you can't resist them just go and align yourself with them so they more or less willingly went to put themselves under the control of the roman empire all right so they had a lot of loyalty to the emperor to the caesar okay they willingly went and gave themselves to the romans that we want you to just okay you protect us look after us rulers do whatever you want because we know if we leave you you come and take over anyway so you let's have some agreement and you know that sort of thing that was smyrna and smyrna had a lot of loyalty to the emperor and one of the things about the roman empire was that they considered their emperors as gods right they consider their emperors as gods they are human beings but they are gods so they did what we call emperor worship so one of the strongest centers for emperor worship in asia minor in those days was the city of smyrna they actually had a temple specifically i mean dedicated to the worship of the then emperor it was called uh, tiberius they used to go there to worship the emperor 
so the problem with the romans and the christians is not the fact that the christians were worshiping another god different from the gods they had the romans had a lot of gods so they i mean if you are bringing another one fine it's not our problem we have all our junos and all our you know other gods they didn't have a problem with the fact that the romans or the the jews or the christians were worshiping another god because they 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 believed in many if you've brought a new one that's fine just come and add it to it their problem with the christians was the fact that you see if you are if you are preaching the true gospel the true gospel everybody say the true gospel if you are preaching the true gospel you will have to confront the fact that jesus is the only way that is the true gospel if the christians of those days had compromised and like okay all right you can also worship your own they wouldn't have had the troubles that they had the problem was the fact that they were preaching the true gospel condemning their idol worship and proclaiming the fact that jesus christ is the only way and that was what was causing them problems it's not the fact that they were worshiping another god hallelujah and because of this issue of emperor worship it's more or less like caesar or christ who is the way so when you are preaching you are basically preaching against the caesar you are preaching against the emperor and that is why they marshaled all their forces all their military power and whatever to try to persecute the christians because they felt it was undermining the authority of the emperor because emperor worship was part of their culture hallelujah yes so don't think their issue with the christians in those days was just because they were worshiping another god no they were used to we call it polytheism having a lot of gods they were used to it they were they were fine with it but those people were practicing and preaching the true gospel and if you are going to preach the true gospel you have to confront that fact that jesus christ is the only way hallelujah modern day believers find it difficult to be very explicit with such things but that is the truth we can't change it all the people who came jesus was the only one who had the audacity to say i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me amen so that was the problem they had with them because they were supposed to worship the emperor if you were going to worship christ you can't worship the emperor too and so that was their problem with them so the church in smyrna because of their the, the reason why i give you the history of the city is for you to understand the situation in the church because of their exceptional loyalty to the emperor for historical reasons they were very hard on the christians because they weren't prepared to accept the emperor as a god so they were extremely hard so this church was a persecuted church they they gave them trouble they they give it's like there were a lot of issues what are some of the ways in which you can go through trials can you give me examples of trials I mean with the exception of financial difficulty <laughs> can you give me ways in which you can face trials as, as an individual yes what are some of the trials people or if you've never been through trials eh, thank god for your life <laughs> pardon slander yes slander is one of them very good uh-huh what else protracted illnesses yes what else Hey, or all of you because i eliminated the financial one you don't have anything to say that's the one that is everybody's business <laughs> yes what else trials yes 
imprisonment yes what else unemployment it's a trial yes <laughs> what else when you've reached employable age and no employment is coming it's, it's a trial so history has it that in those days their tribulation and their trial was not just the fact that they used to go and round them up and try them and bend them at the stake and do things like that one of the things was slander and i like the fact that pastor alpha brought up the issue of slander slander means how do you say slander in Greek? In or what? Is there anything like that? In is not bad. In So it's like false accusation. False accusation. Slander is false accusation. They were accusing the church falsely. And what were some of the accusations? When they meet and they said, say they are eating the body of Christ and drinking the blood of Christ. They say it's cannibalism. You know cannibalism, eating human flesh, which was against Roman laws in those days. People say you have gathered in a room and you are eating flesh and drinking blood. When they say we are going to have a love feast, it means they are going to have sexual intercourse among themselves. That was slander. So they were being painted wrongly wrong accusations false accusations some of them were being killed there's one bishop of that church called polycarp a very popular person in church history polycarp polycarp was a very faithful he was a disciple of john it was john that discipled him and at a very old age he was caught they were going to kill him they actually tied him they're going to burn him at the stake and it's like the way the man was praying the soldiers themselves were like how can we kill such a person the passion with which the guy was praying they themselves they were being touched by the fire around him but they had to carry out their duties and he said they should give them him the chance to speak he spoke a few things and they were like look you seem to be a very good-hearted man we want to give you the chance to live you just denounce this jesus christ and we'll let you live because we don't want to kill you and the man opened his mouth and said that i have followed this man jesus for 86 years and he has never done wrong to me i will not lift up my voice to denounce him today or tomorrow 86 years he had been a believer for 86 good years and he said jesus had never done him any wrong so the question is does it mean he had never gone through any trials he must have gone through things but he said jesus has never done him any wrong jesus doesn't do wrong to anybody hallelujah what you might see as affliction as pacifa taught us there may be a purpose for it hallelujah he never does as wrong. he said 86 good years they started burning the guy he wasn't burning it was like some wind just blew suddenly and the wind was protecting him from the fire it's like he's in the fire but he's not burning were like look let's take a sword they pierced him with the sword and then the guy died eventually probably god didn't want him to die by the the, the pain of the flames of the fire at least the sword is faster if he has been following jesus for 86 years as he even got born again in his teens he was probably close to 100 you can't let a 100 year old man roast like that at least you should do it fast quick for him hallelujah the whole message to the church of smyrna 
is it's 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 one part of of scripture that a lot of preachers don't like to preach about because it highlights the fact that suffering can be part of the package of christianity and we don't like to hear that hallelujah nowadays the 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 gospel we preach is not the whole counsel of god it's not the whole counsel of god we preach the nice part of it when paul says you see when we are quoting what paul said that i may know him and the power of his resurrection most of the time we end there the rest of it we don't add it that i may know him and the power of his resurrection and we leave it there but the continuation what does it say a fellowship of his suffering that i may know the fellowship of his suffering that one we don't like to add it so the gospel we are preaching now is not a complete gospel hallelujah nobody is saying god brings you to christianity to come and afflict you no that that is that's also not what we are saying some people to preach the other extreme of it it's like you know it's like christianity you know bread and things like that that's 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 also not the whole counsel of god hallelujah when we are preaching you have to preach a balanced message amen sometimes when you are trying to be balanced it looks as if you are contradicting yourself but you see if you have a swing you know the swing the seesaw the one that goes this way if you are trying to balance it means one goes in this direction and the other is going the opposite direction so it will seem like contradiction but it's not contradiction it's balance hallelujah so suffering is part of it if there was something wrong with going through tribulations jesus would have condemned the church that you are not doing something right you are, you are not you are not displaying the life of christ that would have been a condemnation only two churches in the seven didn't receive any condemnation smyrna and philadelphia he would have made it a condemnation that look you people you are not displaying the life of christ the, the, the life that i've given it to you how can you go through tribulation how can you go through trials how can you go through difficult times when you have my life inside you <laughs> am i preaching to somebody <laughs> he would have condemned them how can you be poor he said i know your poverty <laughs> you don't have the life of christ you don't have my life how can you be poor when you have my life it would have been a condemnation but they never received any condemnation from jesus christ hallelujah because some of these things that we go through are all part of the potter shaping us into what god wants us to be hallelujah that's what the bible says all things everybody say all things work together all things means the good the bad the ugly everything works together for your good that's why i told you jesus can never do you bad you may see the thing as bad but he says i'm the first and the last i know the end result most of the time when we are going through the thing we don't know the end we we don't know the the reason so we'll complain but he says i'm the first and the last i know the whole spectrum i'm the only one who has who is privy to the entire picture say all things so one thing may look like it's 
working for your bad if you take one thing maybe the situation you are in now it may look like it's working for your bad but the word says all things we must look at things in entirety i've given you this analogy several times if we had a very nice this white place like this if you came and there was a, 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 a brown paint somebody had made a slash brown paint inside say who has come to destroy this nice wall it looks like a stain you've come to stain the wall but that is just one thing so that difficult situation you are going through now is like that stain in your life that thing that you don't want to be there but if you went and came back and you saw leaves on that brown thing the person has drawn and you saw pink flowers yellow flowers you realize that that brown thing was actually the stem of a very nice flowery plant that an artist was trying to draw but you just came and saw one part of it and you concluded that it was a stain but it's not one thing working for a good they said all things work together so the flowers the leaves the brown thing everything comes together to form a beautiful picture jesus can never do you bad hallelujah he can never do you bad one day i went to a church to preach on campus some years back and in the course of the preaching i just felt led to encourage people whose exam results hadn't gone the way they wanted it to go so i spoke my heart out i told them that yes we may say that oh if you're a christian and you don't pass your exam it doesn't glorify god it doesn't bring glory to god you don't understand glory you need to have a bible study on, on the glory of god if you understood glory you wouldn't hang that thing called the glory of god on something as insignificant as an exam result the, the glory of god is so heavy that shekinah that cardboard is is too heavy for you to hang it it's like you're trying to ha- uh, hang this suit on a, a matchstick it will break you can't hold it it doesn't qualify to hold it your exam result is too small for you to hang the whole of god's glory on it just because they say come and write the exam again so the glory of god has been cut short we have fallen short of the glory of god just because of one exam result you you don't understand what the glory of god is you don't it is too small it is too insignificant it is too infinitesimal it's too small it's too small oh it doesn't glorify god And I told them that some people pass exams not because they are more intelligent than others. When somebody has failed, it doesn't mean the best, you are more intelligent than the best. Don't, don't, don't deceive yourself. The only reason God allowed you to go through was that he knows that you can't handle it. He knows you can't handle it. And he has said in his way that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can take. He knows you you cannot handle it you stop going to church you will become something else altogether so what it means is that me i like to look at the positive aspects of things because me i know god can never do me bad so if god allows it to happen to somebody it is a compliment in disguise that i know you are strong i know you can handle it i know you have the heart 
to be able to take this thing job he looked at job he said he told her he said have you considered my servant job i'm confident in him he can go through whatever whatever you throw at him he'll survive it so so some of you it's, it's because god looks at your heart and realizes that no you at this thing if i allow it to come your way and i know you're all saying yeah god i can't take it so don't let it come out upon me <laughs> I... <laughs> That's what the Bible said. Count it all joy when you are going through what? Yes, it's a trial of your faith. Some people, God won't even take you through that exam. That's 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 that that test because He knows you you can't survive it. As for testing, God tests us, He doesn't tempt us, tempt us, but as for testing, He tests us. And most of the time in school, when you are being tested, it's because you are going to move to another level. It's because there's another level you must move to. Until you pass it, no promotion. So when you see tests in your life, it means you are on the verge of something. God wants to bring some promotion into your life. He just wants to test you small. Even Jesus Christ, at every stage, he was being tested. When he came onto the scene first, test of humility. Humble yourself and let John the Baptist baptize you, even though you knew you were hundred times more anointed than him humble himself for John about to put him in the water bring him out again pondered him I declare you baptized immediately he passed the test heavens opened the spirit came upon him this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased you're ready for this thing next level for him to die and now his name will be used to do the things that himself was doing another test of humility he had to humble himself unto death to be beaten spat at insulted when you see the the, the image of jesus on the cross with that cloth on him it's just for the sake of modesty the man was stark naked can you imagine how people used to see him raising the dead like so powerful a man and suddenly he's been reduced to nakedness and it's not like at the cross there were no women there men women everybody looking at him naked i'm trying to paint the real picture for you to see it was all part of the test so when he passed he said what he humbled himself unto death even the death on the cross so much so that god has exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name that at the mention of the name jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess he passed it may the lord give you the grace to pass your test so that you see your promotion we want promotion but we don't want test which school will promote you and not test you first you'll be tested you'll be tested when you look at the people of israel there are times when there are things you must go through you, you have to go through those things I want to show you something in Exodus chapter 13. Give me Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. How many of you know there was a shorter route they could have used to the promised land? Easy, shorter route. Sometimes God must change your route to a more difficult one. And there's a reason for it. 
Exodus 13, 17. He said, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines. So that means the alternative route was through the, the way of the land of the Philistines. Although that was near. That means it was nearer. For God said, lest per adventure the people repent. When they say repent, it means to change their minds. This is King James English. All right, They change their minds. When they see war, and then they will return to Egypt. What he's saying is that God could have let them go through the way of the Philistines. The land of the Philistines. They'll go through it. That one land. Alright. It's land. Nothing like a sea. No difficulties. Just pass through. But God knew. Because he's the first and the last. He knew that there was war ahead that they were not prepared for. And he said when they see the war. They'll return to Egypt. And as we're going to Egypt. In God's books. It was out. Returning to Egypt is like backsliding and going back to the world. There are certain routes God will take you because as we're going back to the world, he's decided that you will not go. So the easier, faster route, which could have taken them, theologians say could have taken them like two, three days, they would have been there. But the new route took 40 years. 40 good years. All because God was preventing them from going back to Egypt. Your salvation is more important to God than any other thing. Whatever he would do, including delaying certain things in your life, for you to make it into heaven, the promised land, God will do it. Let me tell you that today. Two, three days became 40 good years. All because God was determined that as for losing your soul, there's not going to happen. Going back to Egypt is not going to happen. Let's read the verse 18. It said, But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. So instead of the way of the Philistines, which was land, easy route, faster route, God decided that you go through the sea. And even after the sea, there's a wilderness. Behind the sea, there's a wilderness waiting for you. The wilderness of Sinai. Waiting for you. And let me explain this thing about going through the Red Sea. It wasn't a tea party. It wasn't a comfortable thing. Going through that Red Sea must have been one of the scariest things any human being can go through. In the first place, it was in the night. They left Egypt in the night. I'm sure you know that. It was in the night. The night the destroyer came through the city and that same night they left. It was in the night. So the place was dark. And how did God open the Red Sea? Give me Exodus 14. Jump to 21. Exodus 14, 21. He said, and Moses stretched his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. So it's not like the wind just blew and the sea opened and the wind went away. It was the wind that actually kept the sea open. So you can imagine the sea is there like that. 
God sends a wind, it hits the sea and drives one part of the sea this way, such that now there's a wall here, a wall of water here. And can you imagine all of this in the night? For wind to be strong enough to, 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 to push back water of such volume, it must have been a very strong wind. And if the wind is blowing upon the sea and causing the walls of the sea to remain such that it will not cover the people, then it means the people had to go through a strong wind. I don't know if you are getting the picture I'm painting for you. They had to go through. I'm sure if the, if the wind was that strong, that means walking wasn't easy. You virtually had to push yourself through the force of the wind to reach the other end. Darkness. Seeing a wall of water. One on this side. Another on this side. You have to go through strong wind. And added to the fact... To, to, to this the fact that information must have come from probably there were probably about two million people from the back that the egyptians are coming when it could have been an easy route through the way of the philistines the land of the philistines god gave them the pillar of and you see god takes you through through certain things and brings you to the point where He's the only one you can rely on for direction. And that was what God was doing to them. There was darkness. They needed light. Because of the wind, those days, if you wanted, it's a torch. You take it and light fire and hold. The wind would have quenched the fire. So the only way they could have light was the pillar of fire that God himself provided. So God brings you to that point where it's like... I mean this one is just you i don't know where else to pass i don't know anybody i don't know any uncle who can do anything i don't know anybody who can help me through this situation it is only you god that i can rely on and i know that some of you have found yourselves in those kind of situations why the only way out is to trust in god david said i lift my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help my help comes from the lord the maker of heaven and earth sometimes god draws you to that place where you just have to look up to him the only source of light was the pillar of fire that god himself provided if they are lit torches they will have been extinguished by the wind and the information came that the egyptians are coming hey so you can see i'm sure you can imagine near stampede situation let me be the first to cross If there were even at least one million people you can imagine how long the line was and people at the back of the line and they are the ones hearing the the noise of the chariots so god takes you through certain situations where it is obvious there are things chasing you well there are things chasing you <laughs> things are just and you know that there are things chasing you once in a while you hear the footsteps <laughs> that things chasing you so they were in this very difficult situation uncomfortable situation i don't know where they got water to drink there's a lot of water here water here but you can't drink any you have to break through the wind and get to the other end but you see it was all part of god's plan 
because at the end of the day they got to see the purpose of the red sea after they had crossed what was the purpose of the red sea god wanted to deal with that which was following them the thing that was chasing them god wanted to deal with it once and for all if he hadn't dealt with the armies of egypt and killed their chariots and killed that many soldiers and they had gone through the way of the philistines they would have always lived in fear that these people can come back these people can chase us again as for the philistines the egyptians could have destroyed them easily and taken them back into egypt so god had to make a way through the sea through that difficult situation because he had a plan and that plan only became obvious after they had crossed the red sea you may be in the middle of the red sea right now you may be in the middle of a difficult situation bad situation but i came to tell you as a servant of god that you will see the hand of the lord at the end of the whole matter jesus will never do you bad he'll never do bad to you the real reason for the thing will be obvious at the end i'm sure at the end of the thing they were shy like god will make some of you shy because you have doubted him while you were in the middle of the red sea you've questioned him they asked god did you bring us here to come and there their graves in egypt and their graves in egypt why should you bring us here to come and die this ignoble death to drown for fishes to eat our bodies but they didn't know god had a plan god is always a last minute god sometimes when you are about to give up when you're about to break and god just brings a deliverance like that and most of the time when you are on the verge of your deliverance when you're on the verge of your victory it looks like the thing has become worse it looks like it's become worse it's it's a clear characteristic in a lot of people's lives when the thing is about to get better it will get worse first isaiah said though your sins may be as red as scarlet when god is doing his thing sometimes he makes it look as if oh he's even punishing you more he's, he's, he's making things worse. he said though your sins may be as red as scarlet he shall make it as white as snow he was prophesying about the work of the messiah what was going to make the sin that was scarlet red white isn't it the blood isn't there blood also red scarlet when you apply a red scarlet to red scarlet, you are making it worse but at the end of the day by some supernatural means it turns the sins into white that is god for you you may think the situation is getting worse somebody was blind you expect jesus to lay hands or just speak and the eyes will open but his part made mud and smeared it on the same eyes when you have a problem with your eyes the last thing you want on your eyes is, is mud sand it's not hygienic but by the time it was done eyes open some people's water had problems if it's science will say it's hard water it has salts certain things inside that's causing so many problems they call the man of god he said to purify this and give me salt let me add the salt to the salt that is causing the thing the problem put it inside back it neutralizes everything that is why his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts about the place i went to preach and i encouraged those who had failed the exam that was not what i was called to go and talk about but i just felt a, a deviation in that direction 
that evening i received a very long text message from one of the people in the congregation apparently he does broadcast to people certain things like he believed there was a papa so you know he has a broadcast list and that day he decided to add me to it and if you read the content of what he said very disrespectful more or less time to tell me i don't know what i'm talking about yes did you ever see jesus christ fail an exam in the text message he said did you ever see jesus fail an exam jesus didn't go to school <laughs> so your question is a non-starter he said did you ever see jesus christ fail an exam and this and this and this and he used very very disrespectful language more or less like it's not those exact words but it's like i pity those of you who think this way So I showed it to one of my sons. I showed it to Pastor Tim. Now this is what this person said. He grew up. Went and faced the guy. Me, these are things. I won't come and face you for anything. You believe what you want to believe. I also believe what I want to be. Went and faced the guy. The guy came later to come and apologize. That, oh, he didn't even intend to put me on the... You've been sending brokers. You've never sent me one. That day that I came to preach in your church. And I just decided to encourage people who have failed exams. That's the day you, you decided to ask me whether I've seen Jesus fail an exam before and you you want me to believe it was a mistake no it was highly premeditated highly premeditated have you seen jesus christ fail an exam people ask me so will god deliberately let you go through a difficult situation just to teach you a lesson sometimes we try to use wisdom analogies which actually when you subject them to spiritual scrutiny cannot hold water somebody asked me it's like so do you think you as a father will you deliberately let your child go through a certain situation just so the child learns a lesson i said no not if i can do something about it to prevent him from going through it but in that same vein i'll also not give my child out to be crucified i won't do it for me to open my eyes and watch my son being crucified and he's calling me father father and i won't mind him i can't do it so he should tell you that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts the way god sees things is completely different from the way we see things too. i will not give my son ah, me and he says you give me to be great and i'm watching him suffering and he's calling me daddy daddy and i won't mind him i'm a jesus christ said father why have you forsaken me his earthly father was not there his heavenly father too was not there they didn't mention joseph at the cross it was only mary that was there god bless mothers earthly father was away heavenly father too was away i can't do that so if he decides that he will let his children go to sentence to teach them a lesson ah, his thoughts are not my thoughts his ways are not my ways it's as simple as that when we don't preach the whole counsel of god we don't have answers when people go through certain things in life that is the problem and anything you preach which leaves you in a place where you don't have an answer for any question is not scriptural because the word of god has an answer for everything in this world everything so if you say as a, as a christian you are not supposed to fail an exam and the person fails what is your explanation Two options either there's something wrong with you the one who failed or there's something wrong with the word of god 
and when people start entering those realms it's problem that is where satan wants to have people where we are placing doubts on our own salvation one and the authenticity of the word of god if satan succeeds in placing doubts in your mind about what god has said he's got you that's the only thing we are holding on to none of you have seen jesus before it is based on the word of god that we believe jesus christ exists true or false we've not seen heaven before we've not seen hell before it is based on the word of god that we believe there's a heaven and a hell if satan can succeed in putting doubts in your mind about this thing called the word of god you are in a very wrong place that's why when i was i took time earlier on some time ago to teach on the word to give you the history of how the word of god was preserved what it took to give us what we call the bible now the stringent measures look god will never allow his word to be distorted the moment he allows that he loses his right to judge us because the word is a standard for judgment once you allow it to be distorted and satan has been trying to do this for ages when you go back go and read about the alexandrian court some time back so these things about you know this is a, and the bible has inconsistencies and and there are what do you call it contradictions in the bible all of this is trying to place doubts in the minds of people it says heaven and earth shall pass away but as for my word it will last forever hallelujah if you preach anything that doesn't leave people with an option of an answer in the word it is not the whole counsel of god it is not and let me tell you this as i round up that there are some types of trials and sufferings which god endorses give me first peter chapter 4 verse 19 they are according to the will of god first peter chapter 4 verse 19 it said wherefore let them that suffer according to what that means there's some type of suffering that is actually according to the will of god according to the will of god commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator and let me tell you there are some people for some reason god just decides that you you are going to go through a difficult path there are some people who have things easy but there are people that it's like god has he knows why he does what he does he has decided that you everything you have you have to fight for it you are not going to have things easy somebody like paul nobody suffered like paul and it was said right from the beginning when he was going to start his ministry let me show you acts chapter 9 15 to 16 acts 9 15 to 16 when the man was about to be commissioned look at what was said he said but the lord said unto him go thy way for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the gentiles and kings and the children of israel next for i will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake so right from the beginning it, it had been said that you as for you the part of suffering there you will maybe he was reaping what he has done by persecuting the believers i don't know but it had been made clear even jesus said what i will go to jerusalem where i will suffer many things so there are people that are set on a certain kind of path but the good thing is that 
whatever trial it is it has an expiry date it will never be forever it will end at a particular point in time a time will come when god will give you rest some of you today is this tomorrow is that today is financial tomorrow is relationship problem tomorrow is this this that 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 it will come to an end When you are in the fire you'll be the fourth man in the fire he may not prevent the fiery furnace from being made you allow it to go to the fire but he'll be there with you every step of the way and i like that story about shadrach meshach and abednego the bible said when they came out of the fire the smell of the fire was not on them that means when god has finished with you there wouldn't even be a sign that you've been through anything The smell of the smoke will not be on you. The smell of the smoke will not be on you. Yes, the fire he may allow to come. I will not be on you. Paul said, There's a certain thorn in my flesh. I've petitioned God, take it away. Three times. But God said, No. My grace is sufficient for you. Today, God is saying his grace is sufficient for you. I don't know what that thorn is, but his grace is sufficient for you. Theologians have debated for years as to what that thorn is. I'm not going to start. What do you call it? It's, it's just conjecture. Anybody who tries to say it was this, it was this, this, this. If I want to analyze it, I'll look at the thorn. What are the things thorns do in our lives? Or what, what, what are the things thorns can do? Thorns bring discomfort. So it's anything that brings you discomfort is a thorn. Thorns bring pain. Anything that brings you pain is a thorn. Thorns can cause wounds. Anything that can wound you and hurt you is a thorn. And sometimes the wounds may even leave a scar. In heaven, scars are respected. When we get there, you see. Scars are respected. Why do you think Jesus in his glorified body is still maintaining the scars? That's what he showed to the apostles. This is the evidence. That have been through something scars are like medals of honor let me conclude by telling you the evidence of you having the life of christ is not the fact that trials don't come your way the evidence of the life of christ is the fact that when the trials come they don't break you that when the trials come you go through it just like jesus went through and said i am he who died and now i am alive forevermore and the gates and the keys of death and hell are in my hands i pray that whatever you are going through the expiry date you, you will meet the expiry date the expiry date will come and meet you still faithful still worshiping god still praising god still declaring that god is the lord of your life i pray that god will bring somebody rest today from your labors from the difficulties that you have been through some of you are weary you 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 are getting depressed it's like things are weighing down on you but i prophesy a, a, a season of rest upon your life and let there be a reversal in the name of jesus and i pray that at the end of it all god will open your eyes for you to see the purpose of that pain that you went through for god to, sh to show you the the reason why you had to go through it and I pray that the hand of the Lord will remain upon you. 
will guide you through the darkness. If you are in a place where you are just relying on God, trust me, it is a place of honor. Trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Sometimes you may want to take a detour, a different route. I'm sure the Israelites were like, we should have gone through the way of the Philistines. But the Bible says, there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end result is destruction. I pray that you will not lead yourself into a place of destruction. That you follow the lead of the Lord. That you follow the, the, the lighted path of the Lord. I want you to lift up your voice and pray that Lord, give me the strength. Give me the strength. Maybe, maybe you are giving up. Maybe you are, you are becoming weary. You want to pray that Lord, give me the strength. Give me the strength. Give me the strength. Let, let, let me show evidence of the Zoe. Let, let me show evidence of the life of Christ. That ability to, to go through tribulations. That ability to go through the storm. That ability to, to, to walk through the Red Sea. In spite of the ghastly winds. He said, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. You want to pray the Lord. May I not depart from your side. As for God, he will never depart from your side. Sometimes we walk away from him. Hey, lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. May the Lord bring you to the point of the expiry date of your trial. May, may the Lord bring you to the point of the end of the trials in the name of Jesus. Of the difficulties, the, the worries, the, the troubling times in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Even if it is getting worse, know that the end is near. That the Lord will bring an end to it. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. He told the church of Smyrna that for him who overcomes, he will not suffer the second death. There is glory at the end of it. There is glory at the end of it. There is glory at the end of it. I like the song Don Moen sang. He said, even in my darkest hour, through the sorrow and the pain, I will sing. Whatever the devil may throw at me, I will continue to sing. Whatever the enemy may bring my way, I will continue to sing. I will continue to praise. Even in the darkest hour. When you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. The Lord shall be with you. The Lord shall be with you. Lift up your voice. 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 May the Lord give you the grace to wear that badge with honor. To wear that badge with honor. He said, and the smoke of the fire will not be. Sometimes you see people who have gone through things and you can't even tell. You can't even tell they've been through something. Those of you who were in church on Wednesday, you see Dr. Ifan now. He shared his life story with us. You see him now and you don't think he's somebody who has gone through anything. Because he says, I will take you through the fire. I'll take you through the storm. And the smell of the smoke of the fire shall not be upon you. Your struggles shall come to an end. And there will be no sign that you've even gone through anything. I prophesy a season of rest ahead of you. In the name of Jesus. Rest from your toils. Rest from your struggles. Rest from your difficulties. Rest from those sleepless nights. Rest from those days of anticipating and hoping. 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth you will come to the end of the Red Sea and those things that are following you those Egyptians that you see you shall see them no more the things that are following you the patterns you've seen in your family that are following you the negative things around you that are following you they are drowning in the Red Sea that you are going through right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth they are drowning once and for all in the name of Jesus God is liberating you from the fear of those things that follow you once and for all today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God lift up your voice and pray lift up your voice and pray information on how you can receive more teachings from the man of God, reach us on 024 873